I think that there's a big departure from the traditional parenting that our boomer parents kind of (laughs) taught us. And we have a responsibility. Again, I identify myself as like a millennial mom. And I know a lot of your listeners are in that demographic too, where it's okay to not stick to the norms and to the traditions that our parents have set for us. Be confident, be bold, be authentic, but don't forget to take action. This is Ordinary to Badass, where our stories empower women to step into the spotlight of their own lives and pursue what they're truly passionate about. It's time to step into the arena and become more than just extraordinary. It's time to become a badass with your host, Marie Sonneman. Welcome to Ordinary to Badass, episode number 273. In this episode, you are going to hear from Casey Potts. Casey is a lifestyle expert for millennials, and she talks about family, food, fashion, and she's just trying to figure it all out. This episode is so good, and it's really inspiring for the new year, because Casey has a way to like get outside the box to do things her way to not listen when people are telling her one thing and she does another thing she doesn't let that drag her down or maybe it's you know like she's human it might affect her initially but then she finds a way to push past it and get through it so with the new year i thought this episode would be perfect because it's absolutely um pushing the boundaries thinking outside the box doing what you want to do as opposed to what your parents want you to do, what teachers want you to do, what the outside world tells you you should be doing. And I say should with the air quotes, but yeah, this episode is so good. And I'm just going to tell you, the audio sounds a little different on my end during this episode when you're listening to it. If I'm telling the truth, I was actually camping when I did this interview. So it's kind of fun. Like I don't know that I've ever done an interview while I'm camping, but now I can say I have. So yeah, Listen to this episode. I can't wait to hear your takeaways because it is so good. And if you loved this episode as much as I did, then head on over to iTunes and leave a five-star rating and review. Every single rating review helps the Ordinary to Badass podcast get into other badasses' hands just like you. All right, let's get to the episode. Welcome to Ordinary to Badass. Whether you're ordinary or badass, I am so glad you're here. Today's guest is Casey Potts. Casey, thank you so much for being here. Excited to have you on the show. Amazing. Thank you for having me. So before we go any further, I've got to ask you, do you consider yourself ordinary or badass? You know what? I think when I wake up in the morning, I feel a little bit ordinary, but I need to remind myself that I really am pretty badass. And there's little things that I look in the mirror and kind of remind myself through the day, yeah, no, you're doing this and you're pretty badass. So I'm going to own it today with you. (laughs) I love it. I love it when women just come in and own it. (laughs) So have you always felt like a badass? No, no, definitely not. Um, I 
went to school for broadcast journalism. And that is a time where you get very humbled. <laughs> and uh, they, you know, I had a professor who told me that I was better suited for a producer role and not to be on camera when my aspirations were always to be uh, front and center and an anchor or a reporter or something like that. So yeah, I definitely was feeling pretty ordinary at that time and pretty, pretty non-badass, that's for sure. So take us back to that moment where you're told that you're better fitted for a producer role. How did that impact you? And did you listen? Yeah. Um, so I went to school, like I said, for broadcast journalism at Emerson College in Boston. And it's one of the top schools for broadcasting and television overall. And uh, it was a humbling experience when I, I've always had the dream of being in entertainment journalism. So I was the kid at three years old when I heard the Entertainment Tonight theme song playing in the living room. I would run to the TV and sit down in front of the TV and just want to watch Mary Hart and Mark Steinis and John Tesh. Like, I know I'm totally dating myself and sound like such a nerd, but those are the people I grew up watching and wanting to be. So when I pursued that dream to journalism school, I was like, yeah, this is easy. I've been watching people do this my entire life. I actually hosted a show. I hosted a talk show on Radio Disney for six years. I was a talk show host for them, uh, interviewing celebrities and everything. So I knew this is what I wanted to do. I had this in the bag. And then I get to school and I start realizing that, wait a second, the girls who are being picked to do the red carpet interviews and to do the entertainment journalism don't look like me. They are all very tall, thin, blonde girls that have that very early 2000s typical look <laughs> to them. And that's when I started to get a little bit, um, little, I started to feel that shame that I didn't feel as a 10 year old hosting a show on Disney. I started to get a little bit more self-conscious about my body. And that's really how it affected me that throughout the rest of my career, I always felt like I didn't measure up to the other girls and the other women that were being picked for these positions. And that was kind of the way that I thought I was meant to carry on. And I put the dreams of being front and center kind of to the back burner um, and started doing more blogging and things behind the scenes. But I, yeah, I decided a couple, let's see, about a year and a half ago that that was, I was done. <laughs> I was done with hanging out behind the scenes anymore. And it was time to put myself front and center because I think women need to see themselves represented in all the ways now, not just the aspirational anymore. Such an amazing story. I can't wait to dig in and to hear more. <laughs> but first, will you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, yeah. So I, uh, my name is Casey Potts, and I am a content creator, a mom, a wife, a podcast host. And I grew up in Massachusetts, a very small town in Massachusetts called Mattapoisett near Cape Cod. Uh, when I was 10 years old, I was given the chance to host a show on Radio Disney. It was called Casey's Corner. 
And that was a show where I would interview celebrities, everyone from Destiny's Child and Britney Spears to 98 Degrees, Jessica Simpson. I mean, this tells you it was that early 2000s period where these were the top names for us, right? And uh, it was at that time where I was really bitten by the bug to share stories, tell stories, interview people, and just kind of be around that uh, entertainment industry where I didn't need to be the pop star up on stage, but I wanted to be the person who could talk to the pop star and who could interview them and kind of hang out and get them to open up and share a story. So I did that until I was 16. And then at 16, I was a little too old to be on Disney and uh, ended up, like I said, pursuing broadcast journalism at Emerson College had an awesome time doing that and really finding where my niche was. Uh, at that time, it was in food. And I it was like the peak of when Rachel Ray started her talk show. So I was like, that's it. I'm going to have a cooking talk show <laughs> and did that as my senior thesis, even though my professor told me I was out of my mind and I could not pull it off. Uh, I did it. And now I found out she uses it as an example for other students to see how they can do something a little bit different. And uh, after college, I kind of followed the dream of heading west to California. And luckily, my boyfriend, who is now my husband <laughs> at the time, also had the same dream. So we have been out in California for 11 years now. It's definitely home. And we have a five-year-old daughter. She was born here, so it's home for her. And she keeps me busy. She is definitely uh, the light and the craziness in my life. But it, no, it's it's fun being a millennial mom and kind of sharing that with the online community. So you mentioned this idea of doing things different in college. And then your professor went on to like start teaching other people your way. Has this always been a thing for you to be able to do things different? And how do you allow yourself to do that without feeling the pull of trying to be like everybody else? Ooh, that's so interesting. I've never actually thought of that or I, maybe I never acknowledged that or recognized it. Um, but yeah, I think I have. I think that I have always just found a way to utilize my skills or something that makes me a little bit different. Uh, I mean, it can go all the way back to in fifth grade when I auditioned for the show on Disney. The reason that I think I was selected was because when I auditioned, they asked what I like to do after school. And at that time, I was taking a party planning class. Like what fifth grader is taking a class <laughs> to, par to plan parties? Um, but it was, you know, a bunch of different parents had gotten together to volunteer and hosting these little groups. And one of them was an event planning. So here's 10 year old Casey throwing an under the sea party, <laughs> trying to figure out how to do that. But yeah, I think that there has always been a theme around um, if I can figure out a way to do it, I'm going to share that with other people and show that it's not that difficult. And that's even a way that I've kind of taken my parenting approach to. Uh, I think that there's a big departure from the traditional parenting that our boomer parents kind of <laughs> taught us. And we have a responsibility. Again, I identify myself as like a millennial mom. And I know a lot of your listeners are in that demographic too, where it's okay to not stick to the norms and to the traditions that our parents have set for us. And it's our responsibility to kind of show the future generations that it's okay to do it the way 
that works for you. And we are in such a different space than what our parents were. Like we've moved away from home. We don't necessarily have that circular, you know, neighborhood of, oh, well, your aunt and uncle live down this street. Your parents live over here. So-and-so lives over here. A lot of us are kind of on our own and figuring out ways to do it for ourselves. And I've always kind of figured out a way to do things for myself because I've always wanted to do it a little bit different. Like you said, like I didn't want to do a news show. So I did a cooking show and I figured out how to do it. Uh, when I pre pandemic, I was actually the brand manager for a celebrity chef and out here in LA. And, you know, I didn't necessarily want to do our digital marketing the same way as everyone else had been doing it. So I was like, wait, why don't we develop a web series that showcases our internal team rather than it always focusing on the chef. And that was a huge hit. So I think that if you have this idea that is maybe slightly a departure, don't be afraid to step out of that box. And I think so many of us are afraid to step out of a box, but sometimes it opens up an entire other box that you get to kind of spearhead, which is exciting. Yes. And I think this topic is so interesting. I was actually just thinking about this this morning because it's like the things our parents taught us, some of it becomes obsolete. Like how much has everything changed, you know, with technology, with life, with money, um, everything has changed so much. And like, look at say like a VHS tape and then it went to a DVD (laughs) and now everything is to streaming. Like everything has changed so much. You have to adapt to new ways, but instead maybe we get caught up in this listen to what our parents taught us or what teachers taught us and just being the good girl, you know, instead of stepping out of the box. Yeah. And I always talk about uh, the collective they that we, that that's in our head, you know, well, they say that you shouldn't give your kid this until this age, or they say that you should do that. Your child should be sleeping at this point. And I'm like, who's this? They, who are they? (laughs) And shut they up (laughs) because um, there's, circumstances aren't necessarily the same. And I think that, again, we are now such a society of outliers and special circumstances. And I don't mean that because there's kind of a air of entitlement that happens too. I think that people think, oh, well, that doesn't apply to me. It's not necessarily that mentality. I think it's more of the, I want to try it differently and this will work better for my family kind of mentality that you need to take. How has trying things differently served you? I think it's kept my sanity, (laughs) to be honest. Um, I think that, again, having moved across the country with no family here, I had to figure out ways. I I didn't have my mom around, you know, in my house showing me how to do this and that, um, or even aunts, grandparents, whatever. Um, So I kind of had to figure out how to do it myself. And it it helped me, I think, um, maybe erase a little bit of that comparative narrative too, because I wasn't always like, oh, well, they told me, or they didn't show me how to do it this way, or they showed me how to do it a different way. I figured out how to do it myself. And that's what ended up working for me. Okay. So take me back to this moment where you decided to move to California. What was going on in your head and what propelled you to take action and to take the move? So 
I have always had, I'm telling you, since that little girl watching Entertainment Tonight in front of the TV, I knew that I wanted to be in California. Um, I would come out here for vacation growing up and I bought a UCLA sweatshirt. And even though I didn't get out here for college, I just wasn't ready. At that point, I knew I wasn't ready. I'm an only child. Like there was a lot of things that I wasn't ready to just pack up and move across the country for college at that time. But um it was I've been with my husband since high school so luckily we both always had aspirations to move out to California and uh, we did internships our senior year and I actually had the chance to come out on the entertainment tonight set and shadow Mark Sinus for the day while I was in college which was amazing and that's when I was just like yes this is this is the time um, we were going to move right after college, but unfortunately my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer my senior year and I just wasn't ready to leave. I, I felt the need to be around for a little bit more. Um, luckily she's in remission. She's in good health now. I'll knock on some wood, but she, at that time I was, let's see, it was about a year, two years out of college. And I was digging myself out of six feet of snow every week because my husband would be, well, he was my fiance at the time. Um, he was traveling every week for work and I was digging myself out of snow. And I finally looked at him. I was like, okay, time to go. <laughs> so we packed up uh, one car, two cats, a flat screen TV and some suitcases and drove across the country. And we came out, like we flew out a couple weeks before, found an apartment, and everything. And luckily, we do have some amazing family friends. They're uh, friends that my husband had growing up. They're 10 years older than us. So they're like our surrogate big brother and big sister. But we just we figured it out. They were our only, you know, technically family or friend out here, but we figured it out. And uh, the best piece of advice we had when we did our internships out here someone told us uh, you have to have a good bullshit radar. And I'm assuming I can say bullshit on your show because it's called badass. So <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> you can believe me if not, but um, yeah, uh, we were told by our roommate at the time, you need to have a good bullshit radar in LA because everyone says they are someone or is trying to tell you they can help you get somewhere or do something. And a lot of them mean well, but a lot of them have really their own intentions or like just trying to manipulate you in some way. So luckily we were able to find such good friends that have become our family out here, but it was just getting out of the snow and knowing that the opportunity was here for us. There was an opportunity in entertainment journalism in small town Massachusetts. Like I needed to go where the dream was and it was out here. So what would you say to the woman who's thinking of making a move across country, but feels terrified to do so? Don't let other people's opinions keep you back. I think that there are so many people, especially with small town mentalities, that just because they don't want to step outside that box and outside of their bubble doesn't mean that you're confined to that bubble too. I think we were we had a lot of doubt from our friends and family of like, oh, it's okay, you'll be back. <laughs> you'll just only go for a couple of years. I'm like, now we're 11 years in with a house, a family, like, no, this is home for us. So do not let the small town minds or don't let small town or sorry, no, 
What do I want to say? Don't let small minds keep you from dreaming big. I think that you just need to at least try it. And yes, the adage is true. You can always go home, but you have to at least try. You have to at least leave and do it to know. I think like you never want to regret the fact that you never tried. So how did being a mom, once you, did you become a mom after you moved across country? Yeah. Okay. How did being a mom change things for you with business career? Oh, it changed a lot. Um, so I was working, like I said, for um, a celebrity chef. I was working for Wolfgang Puck. I was his brand manager. Um, and about, let's see, trying to do the math, but a year and a half in is when I got pregnant with my daughter. And I'm super grateful for the marketing team that I was on there because my boss uh, was phenomenal and so understanding and so accommodating throughout my pregnancy, throughout my maternity leave and all that kind of, um, you know, there's a lot of hoops that you have to figure out. You have to, you have that moment of, do I even want to go back? Right. I think a lot of moms have that moment where they're thinking, can I leave my child? Can I do this whole daycare thing? Right. So I was one of those moms. I didn't think I was going to be able to do it, but then my goodness, after she started crawling around at six months and wouldn't stop moving. I was like, yeah, yeah, you're, you're good to go. You can go to daycare now. Um, so there was a time where I felt I was just hitting my stride. Like I mentioned earlier, I developed a web series for our team that I was hosting. So here I was figuring out a way to use my skills in television and journalism in my new position um, a way that I was bringing value to my team in a way that no one else on the team could, because I had these certain sets of skills and I was hosting, I was on the red carpet, which the irony, right? Here's the irony that the journalism team from Emerson college goes to the Oscars every year and goes and interviews Wolfgang Puck in the kitchen. Guess who started to be in charge of who let those people into the kitchen for Wolfgang Puck? <laughs> that was me. So you can bet your bottom dollar that I made sure every ch student, I almost said child, that was silly. Every student who came into the kitchen throughout the five years that I was doing it had the best experience. No matter who they were, they got to have one-on-one -on -one time with Wolfgang. They went home with a chocolate Oscar. They had, you know, signed menus and everything because I wanted to make sure that these kids were getting the experience that I wish I had, you know? So, uh, I was hitting my stride and boom, 2020 hit. <laughs> and at that time, um, it was, let's see what we shut down March of the world shut down in March of 2020. And, um, at the end of April is when our team was let go. My boss tried to hold on to us as long as she could, but there's no need for restaurants and events when the world is shut down. So unfortunately that's when I became a stay at home mom. And, I grew up with a extremely busy working mom and two working parents. So for me, I was like, wait a minute, how do I go? How do I contribute? How am I a contributing member to my family and to society now as a stay at home mom? And I had a really hard time navigating that and finding my worth. 
So that was, that was a bit tricky once becoming a mom and then losing a job and realizing that now quote unquote, all I am is a mom, uh, was definitely tricky. So what would you say to other stay at home moms? If they're feeling like they're having a tough time finding their worth, do you have any tips or tricks to help? It is a ongoing process, I will say. I am constantly in a little bit of a, it's like a roller coaster, right? You feel super on top. You feel like you've got this. You feel like, okay, yes, we have the routine down. We have this little mom hack that's working great. And then your child hits you with something else and has a meltdown and wants to eat brownies for breakfast, right? And yes, that's exactly what happened this morning. Um, But I would say that, one lesson I would, I've learned, one lesson I've learned would be that there is so much value and worth in the little things that you do every day that just because you're not getting a paycheck and that there isn't someone signing your check at the end of the week or signing off or giving you, you know, your, uh, your performance reports, which I joke, I'm like, uh, I asked my husband, can I have a performance review, please? Um, just because that isn't happening, you need to find a way to acknowledge it for yourself because maybe your family isn't acknowledging it forward. Sure. For you. Sure. Like a five-year-old isn't going to say, mommy, you're doing such a great job. I really appreciate all that you do for me. No, they're going to throw a snack at you and tell you, you gave them the, the red one when you wanted the, they wanted the blue one. Um, So it takes a lot of time and energy and self-work to be able to honor that in yourself, but it's actually something I'm doing. I'm working with a coach right now to help me not only in my business side of things, but also in my personal side of things to find my value and understand it and nurture it and um, acknowledge it. So Find your value and find ways to appreciate yourself and the contributions that you make to your family, because it's likely no one else is going to make those acknowledgements for you. (laughs) Yeah. And you hit on a point about hiring a coach that I love because I think we can't do it all alone. Oftentimes we think that we can do it, you know, where we have to do it all and take it all on our own. Mm -hmm. And even maybe you are a coach and you coach other people how to do stuff. I still think there's value in you having a coach because it's like the mechanic that can't fix his own oil, you know? I say that all the time. Yes, yes, exactly. Yes, we just need like to be tuned up sometimes or to, you know, get our mind right. And sometimes an outside perspective is helpful for that. And I think that's it is that we are so often in our own heads. And this is, I feel like a stay at home mom kind of thing because when our, if your kids are school age and they're at school, the only audio that's in your head is your own voice. And how many times is that voice positive versus negative? There's a good chance it's going to be negative more than not. I think uh, I was chatting with someone on my show on Casey's Corner a couple of weeks ago, and we have 40,000 negative thoughts a day, a day. Like that's insane how many times our brain will automatically go to the negative because it's easier. And that's the way that it's trained. So If we can step out of our own heads for a moment and converse with someone who isn't in your head, who isn't living in there, it's just so much, I think it's so healthy to just be able to have someone to bounce things off of. And I'm such a therapy proponent. I am such a mentorship proponent, 
even just find a group of friends that you're like, hey, can we just have a vent session? And how good do you feel after a good girl talk vent session, right? It's like, it's life-changing. It's life-changing for sure. And I'm sure your spouse will be so much happier because (laughs) you're taking it out, you're venting it out on your friends and not necessarily on them. At least I know my husband is. Uh, He'll be like, oh, you had therapy today, didn't you? (laughs) So yeah, oh my goodness. Just start talking to someone. Find someone that you trust. Find someone that you click with. Um, And you can even, I tell this to everyone, who maybe is a little bit uh, leery about therapists or coaches or stuff, date them, date your therapist, date your doctors, date a coach, date a mentor, because it doesn't necessarily click on the first time, but you need to find a person you click with. Yes, absolutely. Um, If you're going to feel comfortable to talk to somebody, it's like, you got to, you know, talk to somebody that is experienced what you've gone through, or that's their specialty, as opposed to just some rando. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Don't just necessarily fall for the first person you click through. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> so being an entrepreneur, I'm sure you've been, you're busy. You got a lot going on. Do you ever struggle with mom guilt? And if so, how do you deal with that? Oh my gosh. Daily mom guilt. I think, okay. So this is again, brownies for breakfast this morning. I was trying so hard to not give in. And I was trying to figure out how do I not cave and give this kid a brownie for breakfast, right? And they're the little bags of the five pack, which I'm like, what's the difference between the chocolate chip muffin one and the brownie version? They're the same, essentially. Let's be real. But um, I am so careful with my words with my daughter. And I want to see if she's listening. So this morning, I told her, I said, Kennedy, you can have anything else for breakfast. It's not going to be the brownies. This was a way for me to stick to my guns and realize I'm not giving in. I'm not going to just say, oh, because it's so much easier, right? It's so easy to give in to these kids. And that's where a lot of my guilt lies. So I told her, you can have anything else, anything else for breakfast. What do you want for breakfast? And she's like, I don't know. I don't know what I want for breakfast. I said, Kennedy, I am telling you you can have anything else in this house. And I I thought for sure she was going to be like, candy, can I have nerds? Can I have whatever, whatever, whatever. And she's like, okay, fine. Can I have fruit snacks and an apple? I was like, win. That's a win right there. She wants fruit snacks, which I know is garbage, but, and an apple instead of the brownies, let's do it. Right. So I think that my mom guilt is always in the, the caving in and the, the bubbling over point. Those are where my two mom guilts lie because I know that every time I cave in, I'm just hurting myself. At, in the, like, I'm just letting her walk all over me at that point. So I feel guilty to our dynamic in that point. And then I feel guilty at the bubbling over point where I knew that if I just kept saying no to the brownie, no to the brownie, no to the brownie, I was going to start the screaming <laughs> because she wasn't resisting or she wasn't, you know, caving in and I wasn't going to cave in either. So as soon as I could figure out a way to kind of give her an option or an alternative, that's when it started to smooth out. But my mom guilt is always in the bubbling over point. And it happens a lot sooner than I want it to, I think, because I am so overstimulated. I am trying to 
answer this DM, edit this show, make this graphic. And, you know, oh, wait, there's three WhatsApp from the kindergarten class messages. <laughs> you know, there's so much keeping up that I hit my bubble point a lot faster than I should. And it, unfortunately, it's like her that pushes me over. Yes, I had so many thoughts that came up while you were talking <laughs> about that. So good. Um, previously, I had Lynn Bowman on the podcast, and she wrote a book called Brownies for Breakfast. <laughs> and she helps women with diabetes or people with diabetes to overcome diabetes. So that's totally what that reminded me of. Oh, like, funny. There's a healthy alternative, I guess, to have brownies for breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> but um, also choices. Like you gave your daughter a choice. And I think that most of us like to have a choice, like instead of just being told to do something, right? Um, to like have a choice in the matter, like anything else, anything but this. So I mm -hmm. thought that was um, super helpful for moms, like just to think, oh, maybe I could just give a choice instead of like restricting to one thing, give them a couple options. Right. Because that's the thing is how often do we, we don't want to hear no, we want to hear not this, but this, right. Or we want to hear an option or an alternative, we don't want the door to close. So our kids are going to start to be conditioned that way too. It does get tricky because then I've totally shot myself in the foot where <laughs> she's been like, um, can you give me three options, please? You know, <laughs> when I try to tell her, this is what we need to do. She's like, I'd like to have a couple options. Sometimes <laughs> you can't have options. Sometimes there aren't options available, but when it is in your power, if you can, give an option instead of a straight no, it will, I think, really help smooth things along. So through this process, um, maybe with mom guilt kind of beating yourself up a little bit, how do you give yourself grace? Okay, this is a, a funny, probably, I hope I don't offend anyone. I don't think I'll offend anyone. But I tell all my mom friends, listen, crackheads have babies all the time. Okay, <laughs> like, tell all of my friends who were pregnant because they'd be afraid like oh my gosh I ate some sort of pasteurized cheese or or unpasteurized cheese or like I ate this thing with nitrates in it I ate sushi by accident whatever blah 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 and I'm like listen think about all of the completely unprepared or malnutritioned women who end up having perfectly healthy babies right we all figure it out and the grace that I give myself in the really hard times is understanding that it's not necessarily Kennedy that's the problem. Sometimes it's me that's the problem. Sometimes I've overcommitted myself. Sometimes I've um, just been to, I'm realizing this more and more, that the more I sit and scroll and because so much of what I do is social media based and is digital or like streaming phone based, that I am so overstimulated. So it's her being naggy or touchy or constantly saying, mommy, mommy, mommy. I'm like, Kennedy, I'm the only other person in the house right now. You don't have to say mommy. I know you're talking to me. Um, so I try my best to give myself a moment to take a step away which I know, trust me, whenever I hear people give this advice too, I roll my eyes a little bit, but I've learned 
that yes, I need to just take a moment and it doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, go draw a bath, light a candle and take 20 minutes to yourself. No, it can be 30 seconds where you walk in another room or take a step outside, take a couple deep breaths and then walk back in and address the situation. That's again, like where, when I'm about to hit that boiling point, that's when I take that 30 seconds or take that five seconds. It can be whatever you have available, but taking the step away, realizing that it might be a you thing, you need a moment, you're going to carry on and then getting back, getting yourself back into the moment. Yeah, I feel like I've been getting, so I've been getting into meditation and breathing and all Mm -hmm. that stuff lately, but the power of learning just to take a breath, just to take a deep breath, you know, hold it for a second and let it out, how much that can actually change our moods just kind of, well, it amazes me. It blows my mind how one little thing can actually just change your, change your mood or change the way your day is going. And I mean, be honest though, like when you first started doing, you were like, okay, this is so woo woo. It's never going to work. Right. Like, (laughs) because that's totally, trust me, every mindset book, everything I go into it. I'm the biggest skeptic. I'm the biggest like eye roller on the planet. But then when it starts to work, you're like, oh man, they were on. I could have been been doing this the whole time. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So don't knock it till you try it. (laughs) So Casey, let's end with a tip to encourage women who are in the arena fighting for the life that they want. My tip is don't let the small minds keep you from dreaming big. That's, you know, I, I use that when I moved across the country. I used it when I was a specialist on a marketing team that then became the senior brand manager and the representative of a multi-million dollar company in front of celebrities and the you know entertainment industry for Wolfgang Puck. Um, and honestly, when I launched my own podcast, I've always had this dream of hosting my own talk show. I've always had a dream of being the next Oprah. And as cliche and silly as that could sound to someone, I know someone else will hear it and get it. And the reason I use Oprah is because she has always been the most relatable resource for women of her generation. And that's what all I want to be is I want to be a resource that millennial moms can go to and again, feel like, okay, if Casey's figuring it out, I can figure it out. If she, you know, figured out a way to put that duvet, that comforter inside the duvet this easy way, like I can figure out a way to do it. Um, So do not let the small minds of others keep you from dreaming big because you owe it to yourself to at least try. And how can we connect with you? And will you also tell us about your podcast? Yeah, so you can find me. Uh, I definitely hang out on Instagram the most. And my handle is at it's Casey Potts and Casey's with a K. Uh, And then I have a weekly podcast where it is called Casey's Corner, both with K's. uh, And it's the ultimate resource for millennial moms to overcome the overwhelm of everyday life with confidence, humor, and style. Because I feel like we really just need a sisterhood. There's such a comparative narrative that we all have, I think, as moms and as women, where we see this aesthetic that got put out 
years ago when Instagram and social media first really had its boom. And we assume that that's the everyday life and that's what all moms must be doing. And we feel like we're a little bit of an outlier. So I just want to build a community that shows women, no, you can be confident. You can be strong. You can totally have a messy house. You can totally, your kids can be screaming and wanting brownies for breakfast. It's all totally normal. Um, And that we can just kind of get through it together rather than feeling like we all have to one up each other. Yes, totally. Like there's a power in having like a badass girl gang. Yes. (laughs) And then also you resist like the shame and stuff when you see, oh, another mom's going through the same thing I am or another woman's doing the same thing. So then it's like, it can help you feel connection. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that's it. Thank you so much, Casey. You've been a total badass and I've enjoyed hearing your story. Thank you so much. We'll chat soon. And with that, we'll end our show. To all the badass women out there staying in the arena, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, own it and get after it. Okay, quick recap. Number one, it's okay to do things in the way that works for you. Number two, don't let other people's opinions keep you back. Just because they don't want to step outside that box and outside their bubble doesn't mean that you're confined to that bubble too. Don't let small minds keep you from dreaming big. Number four, finding your value and find ways to appreciate yourself and the contributions that you make for you and your family. Number five, in regards to mom guilt, give yourself a moment to step away. Go into another room or step outside. You don't have to be able to take a mat or take a bath to have self-care. Just take 30 seconds and take a few deep breaths and then step back into the room. Make sure to tune in on Thursday to hear three reasons why Casey Potts is so badass. Talk to you then. Now that you've listened to this episode of Ordinary to Badass, we want to hear from you. Go to our website, ordinarytobadass.com slash podcast and submit your own experience on how you took your life from ordinary to badass and get the chance to be on a future spotlight episode of the show. That's ordinarytobadass.com forward slash podcast. While you're waiting for the next episode of the show, wipe off the sweat, dust off the dirt and get back in the arena.